0: Welcome to A Life That Lasts. I am your host, Kendall Keeler, author of Your Last 24, a book about courageously facing death. I'm here with my friend Nancy Engel, a mom, a grandma, a writer, and a cancer warrior. Together we are discussing each chapter of my book and interviewing various guests who can provide helpful perspectives on this often avoided topic of death. You can find lots more information about us, the podcast, and my book at kendlekeeler.com. That's spelled K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-E-E-L-E-R.com.
1: Hi, Courageous Friends. This is Nancy Engel, and it's episode number 21 of the podcast, It is a lovely Friday, the 21st of May, 2021, as we record this. Today, we are going to be discussing our 19, Avoiding Regrets.
0: Avoiding Regrets. And Nancy, I'm hoping you don't regret having this podcast together, because I know we had a fairly candid conversation about some of the challenges you've been having with your voice recently. Um, We had talked about it in earlier episodes that you've been... Struggling with you in the past, you loved to sing, and now you're struggling with just talking. Tell us about just real briefly. Recently, you went to the doctor to find out what was going on, and there is a specific thing that he was able to tell you, but yet there's sort of a mystery to it. Is yeah, well.
1: it's I'm not sure yet what our solution is going to be, but um, my voice is worse today than it's been before, friends, so please forgive that. Um, but I did find out recently that my one vocal cord is paralyzed it's all connected to the lung cancer tumor placement. so um, but I think it can get better currently I'm just a little uh, fighting a little, maybe a bug that's going out round who knows
0: yeah or allergies allergies or yeah it like seems everybody like this season, yeah there's been a lot of sniffly noses and yes. um. That doesn't automatically mean it's coronavirus or something. I
1: know it. So I'm happy to be here today. And thanks for joining us on this chapter we're going to discuss, Avoiding Regrets and Killer. It is my favorite chapter of this book. Wow. I really
0: love it. Well, before I talk about the things that um, I feel like I could expound on, Tell me, what is it about this particular chapter that you would say makes it your favorite?
1: I just feel like it, first of all, it encapsulated your book succinctly. I I wrote the title, a different title for it. It's rather okay. lengthy. I wrote, Living in Peace with the Tension Between the Now and the Not Yet. Now, that's not now and the not yet. is not uh, original with me, but... I think that's the crux of it: how to live in peace, present and in with the future in mind.
0: Yeah, and that is I I do speak quite a bit about tension in this chapter because I think anyone who would start asking themselves a last twenty four question like "Is today my last day?" you start feeling this sense of tension, and we've talked about it in past episodes. There's this tension between, okay, if today is going to be my last day, then I need to be doing some things to be ready to, you know, exit this world and make sure that my family's cared for and all that. But then at the same time, we can't quit things. We need to live in the reality that today might not be our last 24 hours. And so, how do we navigate this pool and push and i in the book i use the illustration of being at a carnival where Mm -hmm. have you seen those um it's it's sort of this one of the blow-ups where there's a a person gets strapped into this bungee cord and the bungee cord is behind them and they're, they're they're wearing sort of a harness and their goal is to run down this this sort of uh blow up hallway right in which they're trying to get as far out as possible and pull these velcro things off and see how many of those things they can run out before the bungee cord pulls them back and i think about that imagery in this sense of we're we're trying to reach out into the future and say uh you know i need to i need to be prepared like what if the end is, near, you know, so I'm running forward to say, what if it's the end for me? And, but then we get pulled back to reality and say, well, I got to go to work. And I exactly. got you know, I need to do the mundane and daily things. I, I need to clean because if today's not my last 24, I need to have a clean house. And if it is, you do want to clean. Exactly. Well, that too. <laughs>
1: well, I guess this chapter really spoke to me because I have a terminal diagnosis. I mean, you can look at it that way. And I've been struggling with that again. And anybody with a terminal diagnosis has that tension really um, exaggerated Mm -hmm. in your life. And so this morning, after reading this chapter again and praying and just feeling like, how do I live... With peace and joy, knowing that my health could deteriorate, deteriorate quickly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is a reality. I know it 's a reality for everybody, but it really is strong when you have a diagnosis and i This is no great revelation to anybody else, probably, but to me, I thought of Jesus
0: mm-hmm.
1: he lived his life knowing his end on earth. Yeah, He knew it. He, he probably knew all the graphic details and it wasn't pretty.
0: Yeah,
1: But yet, he lived in the moment. Jesus mm-hmm. gave the perfect example of how to live with that tension. And more than anything, it made me feel like I'm not alone. Mm,
0: that's Jesus
1: yeah. walked that tension successfully. He walked it With a terminal diagnosis, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he knew it. He knew, knew, knew it. And there was no amount of prayer. There was no amount of healing services Mm -hmm. or anything like that that would take it away.
0: Yeah. It was real. That was a road he had to. It was a done
1: deal. He had to because of his love for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So Jesus showed me today. He knows that tension. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we're not alone when we feel it.
0: That's really good. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Nancy. There is something powerful about knowing you're not alone when you're walking through something.
1: Oh, my word. And we have people, and I tell my husband, Jerry, often, you are Jesus with skin on. Like when I'm getting a hug from Jerry, I feel like it is just God's affirmation. But Jesus is living inside of us, and we are not alone, even when physically we are
0: yeah yeah, that is so good to know, and especially uh, around the world right now, um, we in America are feeling comfortable and getting more you know more and more open. Uh, things are changing in, in how much more opportunity there is to get out and about. But in some countries, lockdowns have reoccurred. I work for an international organization in India. Oh my, I have been praying so much for India right now because they are getting back into a lockdown and people are dying left and right. And I think about this idea of being, you know, feeling like you're alone. Yes. Lockdown experiences, we've all had them in that everybody has had a lockdown experience within <laughs> the past year. COVID world. Yes. And we know what it feels like to be you know, have this sense of being alone. And yet when you are walking with Christ and he is with you, he promises that his spirit will be with you. He can be a comfort with you. And mm-hmm. that, that does, that provides such hope for us in the midst of situations where uh, we might feel alone at a time, but mm-hmm. recognizing that we are not alone can give such encouragement. That's really good, and as I think about this tension of preparing for the future and still living in the now, that can be a constant. It can be a constant to know that Jesus is with me now in whether it's cleaning or going to work or whatever are those immediate things that need to happen. Mm -hmm. But it's also a constant for the future. God will be with me. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about serving a God who is uh, exists existed in the past, exists in the present, and will exist in the future. That he is the one who can be the constant yes. in that tension between the future and the now. And that can give us hope. It can not only give us hope personally, but it can also give us hope for our loved ones. Recognizing that when we are gone, whenever that may occur our loved ones, if they put their trust in Christ, if they put their trust in the eternal God, he can be with them even when we're not.
1: Amen. That does give hope.
0: Yeah. So there are a couple things in this chapter that I thought um, I wanted to expound on a little bit more. As you mentioned, this chapter is really rich in a lot of content that could be... uh, I told you before this podcast started I could talk about some of these things for hours and you
1: better not.
0: And I won't. <laughs> but uh a an inspiration for this chapter came out of some of the reading I did from a palliative nurse named Brony Ware. And she did some writing that was inspiring to me and I'm a, I in the chapter I only highlight Two of the um, questions, or I should say two of the regrets that she noticed as she was talking to those who were near the end of life. And the first regret that she noticed was that people realized that when they look back on their life, they were making decisions based on what other people expected from them. And that is such a challenging tension to deal with, is we can be very tempted to live our life based on the expectations of other people. And if we live our life in that way, rather than doing what we know we ought to do, meaning our personal um, our personal conscience, we know this is what we should be doing, and yet we feel other people pulling us in different directions. Um, Do you ever feel that tension?
1: I I don't think so. Not as much as what you're describing. I'm sure I have other tensions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it could be a sense of personality as well. That one stood out to me because I'm a person who... I would have a tendency to care too much. Are you a people pleaser, killer? Well, (laughs) I would say that I have a tendency to care too much what other people think. And I have to to force myself, and not even force myself, just say, Kendall, you cannot live in caring that much about what other people think of you. You need to choose the right path. And say, this is what I need to do, and I need to not care what other people think. Whereas I think you're a little bit of a stronger personality. Uh,
1: sometimes. <laughs> and, Jerry would
0: agree. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's good, though, that I think it's good for me to spend time with other people that uh, can say, hey, we're going to do this. I don't care what other people think. <laughs> and uh, my wife's a little bit more that way. Mm-hmm. So we we need those people in our lives that say let's do this. let's We not care need each other are. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a person that's uh, a little better at uh, pat, uh, what, what, what would you call it um, when when feathers get rustled. I can I can sort of ease the tension in the room and say okay everybody let's talk through this. We'll get through it. You know, and that's very needed, <laughs> especially in today's world. Yeah. Unfortunately. But those of us who are not feather rufflers, what we have to work on is saying, you know what, sometimes I need to do what is the right thing, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't make other people happy. Mm -hmm. And part of that, when we talk about this topic of death, it means that we have to ask some hard questions. And I picked up a book uh, that I've started reading, and it's it's a book I was familiar with and um, it is about asking those uncomfortable questions with your loved ones, with aging parents, with family members and I challenge you out there for those of you who might be uncomfortable with ruffling feathers, realize that these questions they just need to be asked and and it's we have to Have those difficult conversations and talk to our loved ones. Do you have a will? Have you, um, you know, have you planned some of these things? And I think what's helpful is if we ask those questions from a personal perspective, saying, I've been asking myself these questions. Have you been asking yourself these questions? Especially if you're talking to aging parents. Because no one wants to think about themselves as getting old. No. No one does. And it's helpful for an older generation to talk about those things. If a younger generation says, I've been thinking about these things, and then they can say, well, if this young person has been thinking about exactly. them, then it's safer for me to ask those challenging questions.
1: That reminds me of our interview with Rob Baer. He said, Be, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. That really struck me. So we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable about asking these questions.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I so much appreciated that interview with Rob. I had gone back and listened to it again. And if any of you out there are listening to this uh, particular episode, I really encourage you to go back, listen to that conversation with Rob Baer, just a a powerful conversation with a coach who uh, needs to challenge his runners to push through uh, challenging situations, and he personally has lived this in the loss of his wife. And um, that was just a really good episode. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Uh, There's another uh, regret that Brony Ware points out, and that is related to um, most male patients that she worked with. She discovered that they regretted working So hard. Now, what's ironic about that is that I'm a person who focuses very much on working hard, and I'm a very task oriented person. And for me, I have to force myself to nurture relationships. I can become so task oriented that my wife is the one that's good for me to say hey, let's just go spend some time with friends and relax you know and i'm like yeah but what's the point, <laughs> what's the point? well not you know like i feel like there has to be this big picture uh, yes. ultimate meaningful right cause right. you know goal goal whatever <laughs> and some people out there are rolling their eyes saying yeah. good grief just relax i know <laughs> so do you, which tension do you fall in in that category? Would you be more uh, comfortable with just spending time with friends, relaxing, or are you more of a task-oriented person? What are we trying to accomplish today? Which is your natural tendency?
1: I am a more relaxed in that regard. I don't mind resting, (laughs) but there are times when I can be very goal-focused, and it has not always been helpful in relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's where we need other people in our lives to help us recognize that. And I will say that as we get into the the final chapters of this book, I focus in very uh specifically about asking ourselves a last 24 question. And I mean this with every ounce of my being of sincerity that I can somehow communicate through this microphone, is that this truly has been helpful to me to focus on relationships. When I have asked myself, now, Kendall, if today was your last 24 hours, would it really matter for you to, you know, get this particular job done? Or would you focus on the relationships in your life? And I know that I would focus more on relationships. Right. If it really was my last 24 hours, I would want to spend time with my family. I would want them to know that I love them and care for them. And that's why this particular question has been so helpful to me is because it's helped me calm down with some of that get her done, get her done, get her done sort of um, passion Mm -hmm. and be able to say, I can just... Focus on the relationships in my life and that's okay because it could be my last 24 hours. Right, and I think that is um, A a really uh, good part of that tension. Uh, Let me read this Research that happened. uh, So this came out of The book that we've mentioned a couple different times being mortal um, by Atul Gawande he references in there some research Uh, That was done and the research um, lady who references this she words it this way she says that when horizons are measured in decades when we think of you know 10 years from now uh, 20 years from now you most desire achievement creativity and other attributes of self-actualization so when we're thinking in you know What do I want to see happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 100 years from now? We're thinking about these these big goals, right? But uh, this is on page 90. But she says, as your horizons contract, when you see the future ahead of you as finite and uncertain, your focus shifts to the here and now. To everyday pleasures and to the people closest to you, and that's what I've found is the power of asking the last 24 question. Is it takes me from those big picture future goals which we need to have, yes, and it re-centers me, refocuses me on those important relationships that I need to not neglect for those long-term goals.
1: Again, that word you read, perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: It's such a powerful thing. And that's what asking a last 24 question does. It, As you just said, it shifts our perspective. It broadens, let's say it broadens our perspective from more than just way future and from more than just here and now. Right. It expands it to both.
0: Yep, yep. And for those math people out there, I also reference in this particular chapter um, that as I've asked that last 24 question, it's been helpful for me to think a little bit about percentages. And um, if you've had a probability in statistics class, you know that um, you're trying to calculate, well, what is the likelihood that something is going to happen? And so what has helped me is to think about Rather than a 100% chance that today would be my last day, what if I think about it as a 65% chance? I -hmm. make it more than a uh, 50% chance because I want to feel that tension. Because I think it's hard for us to believe that today would be our last 24 hours. Right. Unless somehow we've gotten, you know, some sort of... For us to think about today being our last 24 hours is really unusual. Exactly. We might think this might be our last year or our last, you know, five years or 10 years or whatever. Right. But to think today is my last day, uh, I think we need that 65% tension and challenge to say, okay, I need to really be aware of that. But then I think about the other 35% to say, okay, it's very likely that it may not be my last 24 hours so now let's make sure that i'm giving time to the mundane things of life that i don't i wouldn't you know i would push off if today was my last day but a hundred (laughs) percent yeah
1: i liked what you said um following that paragraph what can i do today to prepare for my inevitable death that's part of piece of that last 24 question and the next paragraph is so powerful i even started keeler
0: mm-hmm. go ahead
1: however you choose to phrase it i believe that when a last 24 question becomes a daily personal habit you will discover that it functions like and i love this like windshield wipers in life's torrential rain of activities demands and responsibilities
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A last 24 question will clear your vision, like it clears your windshield. Mm -hmm. You will see what really matters in each day's decisions and bring clarity to your future decisions.
0: And that comes out of experience. I have literally asked myself that question over and over and over again for the past 30, you know, well, maybe not 30 years yet, but definitely 25 (laughs) years, 20, 20 some years. And I just have found over and over that when I ask myself that alerting question, it brings into clarity some of the crazy things of life.
1: So practically, yes. this morning I was thinking about this, of course, and I looked at my daily my schedule for today, mm-hmm. and I asked myself, "Well, my last twenty-four like is." what would you think of this Jesus is this Mm -hmm. and what should be my priorities and I I really felt like there were some concrete things and it was beautiful how well the podcast was one of them Mm -hmm. and then I'm hanging out with friends tonight I could really appreciate the value in that Mm -hmm. and I had to do some work for my husband's business and even if it were my last like sixty five percent my last day, mm-hmm. I would want to do what I could for that
0: so it works
1: it it does work, yeah. and worship I wrote that because worship is something we should have in our days, whether it's whether our last twenty four is today or in twenty or fifty years,
0: yeah now for those of uh, those out there who may equate automatically in your mind when, when they hear the the phrase worship, they might automatically think singing. You're not really able to sing that well. What, no, I'm not, what, what do you mean when you say worship?
1: I may have said this before in the podcast, but it bears repeating. I, my first oncologist was a wonderful, is a wonderful wise man. And though I don't know if he was a believer or not, I was telling him that, you know, I've lost my voice and it's been hard to sing. Mm -hmm. And he said, that doesn't mean you can't worship, does Mm -hmm. it?
0: That's good.
1: And that was five years ago he said that to me. And it's still, so worship is an attitude of our hearts. Mm -hmm. It's going through all these other things we do with praise, Mm -hmm. thankfulness to God deep inside. And every now and then it squeaks out. (laughs) <laughs> In some kind of form, whether a song,
0: yeah, that's great, or a word. Thank you, thank you for for that uh, definition, because I I knew what you meant, but I want to make yeah, sure that's the listeners know uh, it's what not you mean.
1: just singing. Thank God, or I'd be up a crib.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to wrap up this conversation with just one more book reference. Stephen Covey. I've enjoyed his books, and I would say that one of his books that is the most pivotal. In my life is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of those habits is to begin with the end in mind. And that is another way to phrase this idea of asking yourself a last 24 question is beginning with the end in mind, realizing that's where we're headed eventually. So let's make decisions in light of that. And then when we get there, we're less likely to have regrets. Amen. That's our show for today. Blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now, it's your turn. Courageously, sacrificially, live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts.